Let's see. All right, five. We'll count down three, two, one. And okay, and we're live. Welcome everybody back to the Bottom of the Nine podcast. I'm your host Elijah Rodriguez, and today we're here with Katie Native, uh, Carson Lance. What's going on, Carson? Doing all right. Hopefully, I don't lose service out here. <laughs> I hope not. We're driving through. Uh, I I guide up here in north central Oklahoma during duck season. Yeah, nice, nice. So you, you kind of just the funny thing is my girlfriend's from Owasso. Oh yeah. Yeah, way out there. She went to OSU, so she's uh-huh. she's always trying yep, to get me to Oklahoma, and I haven't really got out there yet though. That's around the same area that I hunt all the time. Really? Yeah, Owasso. Uh, Owasso. Yeah, she's always trying to get me to Stillwater, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if I can make it out there. Fun <laughs> place, man. Don't turn it. Don't don't sneeze. I mean. Coming from a guy from from uh, San Antonio, you know, I'd rather be in Stillwater. <laughs> yeah, that's rough, dude. I don't know. Honestly, I might, I might think you, I might, I might have to agree with you. Sometimes San Antonio can get on my nerves a little too much. All right, man. So tell us, tell us about you, man. Where, where are you from originally? I know I said Katie, but I want you to, I want you to elaborate a little bit. Yeah, so I'm, I'm from Katy, Texas, uh, native, born and raised. Now I currently live in Dallas area. I had to get out of Houston, man. I, I did not enjoy the humidity every day of my life, so I had to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. So but, you, um, you're from Katy. You played you went to Katy High School, yeah? Yeah, Katy High School. Katy High School. And you were a two-sport two, two player. You played football and baseball, yeah? Yep. I played football four years and baseball four years. I played basketball for a couple and golf for one. <laughs> Damn, you're, you're a little bit of everything. I mean, multi-sport athlete over here. So, biggest regret is, is quitting golf for sure. Golf, yeah, dude. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, let's not talk about golf. I'm horrid at golf. I'm so <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man. So, so you ended up playing. So you you played football all the way all four years. Yep, every year. What, what were you a quarterback, right? Quarterback. Yep. Yeah, he's got a cannon. <laughs> That's the only so, thing I'm good at throwing stuff. <laughs> well, what are you like? You're six five. What two two twenty two thirty now or what? I'm I'm two forty and starting season. Yeah. I'll, I'll fluctuate from two thirty to forty in season. Yeah. So you're a monster, is it? You just say you're a monster. No wonder you can throw stuff uh, well. <laughs> size has always been a uh, a benefit for me. I wish speed was, but size has always been there. <laughs> so at a high school man, so so obviously you're six five, right? So a lot of our listeners are obviously you know players or guys that are coming up and playing a game. So at a high school, was there was there ever a point when you thought like you were going to go play college football over baseball? Were you going to try to do both at any point? Um, not really. Uh, I mean, I had I had some people talk to me in football, but it was never anything serious. Gotcha. I mean, I grew up in the Houston area, obviously, and I mean, I threw I, I was throwing in the low nineties, topping out kind of the higher higher low nineties, like ninety three, ninety four in high school. So I mean, I always I had I had more connections in the baseball world than football, so I never really. Uh, football for me was just uh, it was fun because I went to Katy High School, obviously. Yeah. The meccas of high school football, but when it comes to like futures and stuff, no, I never really. Baseball is always always a brighter future in my eyes than football was. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, so so out of high school, so and then and for everyone, so I met Carson at Angelina College. We went to junior college together before he moved on to Lamar. Did did you have any other offers coming out of high school, or was it just was it just Angelina? I know you said you were throwing already in the low to mid nineties, so you had to have. Yeah, a I, offers I really I really did not have very many offers at all. 
that. I mean, I had no, I had no big ones at all. No big Division One ones, nothing like that. Really? Uh, <laughs> nah, zero. And you were in the nineties? Yeah, low mid nineties. I was, I was ninety to ninety three in high school, and wow. I had no offers to big schools. Um, Dang, partially, partially, I my one of my regrets in my career is I played football my senior year. I probably shouldn't have, and I should have focused on baseball that year. Been a lot better for me recruiting wise, but now where I am now, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't take anything back to the world. The, the relationships I've made, the yeah. friends I've made through the years, I mean, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't take any of it back. I mean, I, I talked to, I talked to bigger schools. Obviously, like an area code in high school, I talked to Oklahoma State was probably one of the main ones, things like that. But yeah, um, I I called Living because uh, we had another mutual friend. Zach Wilson, he was a great above us, Elijah and I. Mm-hmm. And um, him and I went to Katy together, so him and I knew each other there. And I didn't have any offers, so I asked Zach what, what he, what's going on. Of, of, he went to Angelina before us, obviously. Right. And he literally gave my number to, to Livin, and Livin drove down in that little Angelina uh, Subaru kind of looking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he drove down, and all he did was watch a bullpen and offered me on the spot. That was it. And this is history. There you go, man. Yeah. Honestly, the, the wild thing is, like, I talked to I talked to King, and I talked to Estrada, and it's like a lot of the visits were kind of like that, man. They were, like, on the spot, like, random, like, just, like, weird. Like, they just showed up one day and were like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. That, that kind of makes well, – yeah. that kind of fits the mold, honestly. And, I mean, you, you just mentioned John King and, and Estrada. I mean, you know this – pitching too you had Estrada at third base I mean the dude locked it down for two years yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean there wasn't there was no competition for that position for two years at Angelina just because he was that good yeah, at was... third base and then you got John King guy throwing low 90s from the left side yeah I dude. mean you, you just think how many players in the Houston area alone just the Houston area that just slipped through the cracks that don't even get looked at from the bigger schools Dude, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, a prime example is you and, and King. These guys are, you know, you're six five. You're throwing low nineties. I don't know how that that slipped. To be quite honest with you, King too. I mean, yeah. King. Well, King King told me that he didn't throw that hard. He said he was throwing like low mid eighties coming out of high school. So I mean, I don't know. That that might have that might have slipped through. But even as a lefty, it might have been a little different. I don't know. But I mean, heck, the the, the year we saw him, his sophomore year, freshman year, that guy was he was a dude. <laughs> That's what I told him. I was like, man, I don't. He was like, I guess people, because I forgot what he said. He was like, well, I guess like people didn't see like the full potential. And I was like, dude, at least when I saw you, bitch, I was like, this guy's a guy. He's a dude. Yeah, no, he's a dude. And I was, I was sure. like, come on now. Okay, so, so you you end up you take the offer from Angelina. Obviously, you go up there. Um, so how how would you describe your first year at Angelina? How'd that go? Well, first year was the that's probably one of my favorite teams I've ever played with in my life, ever. <laughs> That yeah. first year was such a fun group, and man, do we had you can think back on it. We had an unbelievable team, we did. an unbelievable team. I yeah. I personally didn't contribute as much as I would love to. I had a really good fall that year, mm-hmm. and then I got hurt in the spring. I had that really bad tendonitis throughout my whole arm, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Right. And oh, I mean, yeah. we were we really were just one one game away from going to Colorado that year. I know. And I always remember that San Jack start my freshman year in the in the finals. After that was after John King threw the nine inning shutout against was it a shutout? I knew he threw an all nine. It was a complete game. Yeah, I think I think he threw. Yeah, we won. We won two zero. I think it was. I think it, it was, was a shutout. It was a complete yeah. game shutout versus San Jack. And 
Dude. For people yeah. that don't know, Region 14 in Texas, San Jack is, I mean, that's, I mean, they, they have four or five guys drafted all the time, you know? Straight out of the I mean, they're, they're stacked always. Always Loaded. stacked. Um, yeah, that, that was the, that was the game I always remember is I was still kind of hurt, but I had so much adrenaline that my first three innings, I was sitting like 93, 95, just dominating. Yeah. Once that adrenaline wore off, I was throwing 84, 86, getting rocked <laughs> around. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I remember that. Cause you started off so hot. Oh, I remember yeah. cause we were like, oh shit, this guy's, this guy's chunking. Like we knew you threw hard, but we knew you had all those arm problems and it was like, okay. Go out there, you're chunking. We're like, okay, this is gonna be all right. And then I think you, I think it was the third or fourth. You went out there and like your velo dropped like ten miles an hour. Yeah, that's whenever the arm just completely locked up. <laughs> yeah, dude, completely like, locked up. Damn. Yeah, I think I went in after that game, and I think I was just throwing so monumentally slower that it threw him off for a bit, and then they started rocking <laughs> you. Honestly, I think that's what happened. Honestly. <laughs> no, but, man, you got that hook on you. I remember the hook. Uh, I could throw it through that the little ethos. That little ethos oh, yeah, thing that thing around, was dude. nasty. <laughs> they could swung four times and still wouldn't have got there. <laughs> it was like a it was like a lower version of that Kershaw curveball, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so your first year, good year. That's that's kind of the thing, man. I've talked to a lot of guys and like what what would your take be on, on going the JUCO route? Because a lot of people, you know, I talked to King about it, talked to a couple other dudes about it. The JUCO route is sometimes like frowned upon. What what's your opinion? Obviously, I know you have you have a solid opinion because it did you well. What what's yeah, your I mean, opinion I'm, on going JUCO? I have a bias, obviously, too, because yeah, same here. It worked out. It worked out for me, obviously. But right. the way I see it, man, especially whenever I work in camps with kids in high school, that they're going to the big schools, they're going to UT, they're going to A and M, they're going to all these big mm-hmm. places, and they're they're pitchers that throw eighty nine to ninety two. Yeah, and I I wish I could tell them what I know now before they signed with those teams because 89 and 92 at UT is barely going to pitch on a midweek game. You know, you're, you're, you might, you might get 20 innings in the, in the season as a freshman and as a sophomore. Now, obviously if you're one of those guys that are just freaks, you know, that, that at high school you're throwing 95 and UT offers you, yeah, go to UT. You're going to, you're going to throw. Yeah. You're going to play. Even even if you're not a weekend or a weekend guy, you're going to be the guy that throws the midweek games playing against mm-hmm. teams. You know, you're still going to get right, your right. innings in. Yeah. Oh. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. What was that? Oh, that was my uh, my maps yelling at me about the, a wreck coming up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I, to- I tend to agree with you, man. There, I mean, because there's a lot of kids these days, dude, that. They all, they're all about the status of like just going big D1 and like sometimes that doesn't actually benefit you much because you sit on the bench for three years. Exactly. Uh, and, and the, I mean, yeah. the biggest thing too at junior college is that there's so many more perks including not, not including the playing time obviously. You can play a lot more and develop in those years when you're a freshman and sophomore. Right. But also if you have if you were a guy that, that professional scouts were looking at in high school and then you have an unbelievable freshman year. Yeah. You get drafted if you if you didn't have an unbelievable freshman year, you had an unbelievable sophomore year. You get drafted, and at yeah, Division yeah. One, you can't you don't have that option. You know, you gotta stay there the whole time. Yeah, you're there for three. Well, I think it's three. Years. You gotta be there for three. Yeah, yeah. It's three years and twenty one years old, one or two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it. I think it's gotta be three. I think it's three years now. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not mistaken. So, 
Look, good to know. I'm, that's something I really preach out here, man, is like junior college is not something to be like to frown upon. I mean, there's some hella good junior college players in the competition out there. I mean, we saw it. I mean, you've seen it. I mean, oh man, dude, it's ridiculous. I've seen some There's of the some of the, some of the best teams I've ever seen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They were all JUCO guys, and then yeah. and then being in pro ball. I don't know if John King touched touched on this, but in pro ball, dude, I mean, the percentage of guys that are from JUCOs, it's. I mean, I could. I wish I knew the exact number. I really do, because I bet you it's over fifty percent or close to be. it. It's got to be. Where it's, I mean, because yeah. because we have a thing. And, I mean, I was in Detroit and. If you were a bandit, man, everybody kind of knew it. Everybody knew who the Juco bandits were, and everybody yeah. knew the, the guys that went to Tennessee and Clemson and all those big schools were. You know what I mean? It's just – You just knew, yeah. It's kind of – I guess it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, an added, there's an added grit to the guys that go to junior college. I feel that. I guess that's something – I can't really speak to that, but I, I, I'm going to take your word on it. I believe it. I feel like it's just – got a different aura about you. It, you can just feel it. Um. Oh, yeah, just – You've been through it. You know. You know the bad days. You know the tough times. <laughs> the real. Tough you know time. all that. You've already done it. You've been through the grind, bro. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, exactly. Man. You went. You went into Mr. Bun's lunchroom. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that, dude. Oh man. Oh, man. Um, so, so you play your first year at, in, in junior college. Was there ever? Did you after that first year? Was there ever any any? It, like thought of leaving and going to a different school or were you for sure going to stay the two years there? I was going to stay for my second year there, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. You didn't you didn't get a lot of innings. You were hurt. Good chunk. You weren't yeah. have a full season, yeah? Yeah. All right, so second season comes. You definitely have played a bigger part. I think I think that's when I actually saw you. I don't know if you were like at your full potential, but you were definitely there, man. You were, you were playing a lot. You were playing a lot. You are throwing hard. You were owning for a bit. How did, how did that second year play out for you in your opinion? Well, I'm sure this part of the story you probably don't even know, but uh, the fresh or my sophomore year fall, I wasn't even going to make the team. I was going to be a red shirt. No way. Yeah, I was going to be a red shirt that sophomore year. And uh, oh, damn, I didn't know that. I don't know if you remember uh, Macho. Yeah. Macho pulled me aside, and dude, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. That guy, he just kind of he just kind of messed with my head and my mental game of going about pitching. And I yeah. still give him credit to this day about. I mean, he turned my career around at Temple. Yeah. Temple was whenever I, I started, and I was obnoxiously dominant that, that living couldn't redshirt me, in a sense. <laughs> he, I don't think I went to that game, but I heard about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was that was honestly where, where it all turned around for me was yeah. macho. And that guy that guy did a lot for me just by have, giving me, like, a five-minute pep talk. I mean, I nearly ran through a wall afterwards almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, I, I, with your body, how hard you throw, all the potential was there. From a coaching stance, like, I would be the same way. I'd be like, dude, you have to figure this out. There's too much potential in your body and your talent level to, like, not fully be there. You know what I'm saying? I would have said yeah, the same. I would say the, the, biggest, yeah. the biggest thing was I was too worried on the stuff I couldn't handle. I couldn't control at yeah, that yeah. time. I was, I was just too focused on all that stuff. And, just yeah, when you go out, when you go out, you got your time to shine. You just got to do it. Yeah, I feel that, man. So yeah, so you went out. I don't know. Did you did you get a lot of so the recruiting process the second year? Obviously, you have to move on the next year after junior college. Did you have a lot of early offers that year? Going into the fall. Um, oh that? yeah, I had, yeah, yeah. I had, I had offers to SFA pretty much my whole career, freshman and sophomore year. Yeah, yeah. In and out. I mean, they offered me three or four separate times. 
Okay. And did, uh, they just, did, every time did, I tried to accept did, it, they kept hearing rumors and stuff about if I was hurt or not. Uh, they would never even ask me, and they would just pull it. They were the first good. person I called whenever I committed to Lamar. And I said, I can't wait to see you all next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lamar, so Lamar felt right. Was that the best fit for you? I mean, I had uh, that sophomore year at Angelina, I did really well. You did. Um, I mean, my my numbers were were nuts that year. Yeah, they were. They were you were shut down. I think every time every time you took the mound that year it was pretty much like that. People were struggling, dude. You were. You were I had a. I had. I, I didn't have. There was only one game I didn't finish. I I didn't complete. I didn't have a complete game against Navarro. That was the yeah, only okay. one. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's I mean, just. Uh, but I had it was so late in that recruiting process for our class that all the big schools didn't have any money left. Yeah. So I, all yeah. I had was really like the Southland, and uh, I had some uh, some whack schools at the time offered me. But yeah, I just I just I went to Lamar. I met Will Davis, my head coach there. It's his first year head coach. Right. Um, I obviously love Vincent Beck Stadium, the stadium at Beaumont. Yeah. The wind always blowing straight into home plate, about 30 miles an hour at least. Yeah, the pitcher's part, baby. So as a pitcher, I mean, obviously that that spoke enough to me, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, <laughs> would you rather be blowing straight out like McLean, or would you rather be blowing in? Exactly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to Sam Houston. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, yeah, no shot. So, so you end up going to Lamar. You, had, you finished off the year solid. How hard were you throwing out? I don't even remember. I, I think you were like mid mid nineties, probably. Yeah, that second yep, year. I was, you were chilling. Yeah. yeah, I was. I don't know what was going on, and I, I still suffer from this issue today. I don't know why this happens, but I always started. My velocity always started around eighty eight to ninety, and then it just gradually got to where I was sitting ninety four, ninety five, eventually. Huh? Is it like you and just seeing yourself, or is that something that you just, I, it just happens? Man, I really don't know because there's. I mean, it's like it's like throwing a bullpen. You know, like right. I'll, I'll be throwing a bullpen to get ready for season. Yeah. And if there's not a hitter and an umpire in there, I'm grunting 86. I just trying to get it over there as fast as I can, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then the second you throw a hitter and an umpire in there, the numbers completely change. I just don't know what what it is. That is weird. But, hey, but we'll take it's it. It's always been that way. As long as, as long as when it matters, you're there. Yeah. Right? So, so you go to you go to yeah, the so my whole my whole career though I've had. Second. No, I'll say go ahead. Your whole I was just saying, like my whole career, my velo charts have been from like. I mean, I remember there was one time at Detroit. Uh, I had a pitching coordinator come to me and say, "Man, we are really work on this." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because this after a start, I actually did really well, and and yeah. he looked at my velo chart, and my fastball was eighty-seven to ninety-six. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> the range, bro. What? That's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's just and and it, from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, I mean, it, it would just gradually just get higher and higher all the way through, and I I would top out at the hundred pitch of the game. I don't know, I just it's the way I don't know. Everybody's body works a little different. That's true. I don't know. Yep. That's crazy though, dude. Eighty-seven to ninety-six. Yep. Eighty. That's... It was against the Staten Island. Uh, what was their match? The Yankees. Staten Island Yankees. Oh, did that? Yep. Wow. So, bro, that is why I don't know if I've ever seen. I mean, you got the guys that like, and this is something I, I don't really know if it's the you got some of the like starters in the big leagues and obviously in pro ball that throw like 
starters that'll probably sit like 88, 91. Obviously, um, I don't know if they pace themselves to throw that, but I'm sure they throw harder. Is that is that I, is that somewhere like where you're at, or is it like, or you just can't like at this point you just don't even know? Like it's kind of one of those things where it's like so. Man, like I've done it, like I've, I've done longer warmups. I've done like different types of warmups where I'd focus more on speed throughout the whole the whole warmup before the start. Yeah, I've yeah. tried it all, and for some reason that first inning it'll be. Uh, I mean, I might top out at 91, 92. But then by the fifth inning, I'll just be sitting 91, 92 and topping out at 95, rolling it in a little bit higher every time, you know? That's wild. It's, just, it's odd. Yeah, it's odd. I don't know. <laughs> so you go so you go to Lamar. How, how did you go with Lamar? I didn't, I didn't really keep up with your stats, but obviously you did well enough to get drafted eventually. So how did how'd that first – well, let's just tie how did, how did the tenure go at, at Lamar? So the year Lamar, I was – very highly looked at from the pro pro standpoint. Yeah. Um, but the fall, there was two starters that just, I mean, flat out just beat, beat me out. I mean, I got nothing. Yeah. I can't say anything else. One of them, yeah. one of them didn't have a single walk in the whole fall. Wow. And I mean, I just, I, I, I mean, he won the spot. You know, he won the Friday yeah. job for sure. Yeah. You know, he beat, he beat me. I mean, I nothing wrong with it. And he's one of my best friends today. His name's Tanner Driscoll. He's an unbelievable pitcher. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, he – so that 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 happened. And uh, I ended up being the Sunday guy at the very beginning of the season. Ended up working my way into the Friday role. And at the end of the year, um, a lot of things just kind of just built up, you know, all throughout mm-hmm. the whole season. You know how it is. You're around the same guys all the time. And yeah. stuff happens. And I just had – I had a lot of compounding walks going throughout the very last, like my last five or six starts, I had a lot of yeah. walks. I, mean, I think yeah, I had yeah. like 20, 20 walks in the last three starts. Okay. Oh, damn. I, mean, I, still, that, I yeah. still would only give up like, you know, four runs in those three starts, but that still just doesn't look great with pro scouts. Yeah, you know, yeah they don't they don't dig the walks. So They don't, they don't yeah. do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you ended up, were you, were you at Lamar for one or two years? Just one. Just one. So then, so how did how did that draft process go? Did did you have a feeling you were going to go that that after that first year? Yeah. So after my sophomore year, I thought I had a really good chance to go out of Angelina. Oh, okay. And, did you have uh, an agent at the time or anything like that? I did not. I still okay. I I didn't have an agent my junior year either. I just okay. I just had a lot of connections with the, the scouts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, they'd always give me insight of what happened with when it came to me. Gotcha. And my sophomore year, they just kept saying you asked for too much. You just ask for too much money, oh. and uh, that's where I think the agent thing could have came in and play and helped yeah. help a lot, you know. Yeah. But that I, junior year, I, I made sure I wasn't asking them for much. That junior year, I was making sure that I am. Hey, I'm going. Like, yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm. I was the guy that had a mindset that I wasn't going to play. I wasn't going to school for school. I was going to school so I could play baseball and further the career yeah. that way. Yeah, absolutely. That make. I mean, that makes sense. So if I want to be a professional baseball player, I need to start playing professional baseball, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think, I think there's some guys that go obviously that, that, and to be honest, I really respect that mindset, bro. I really do. I really think that that's like the way to go. No plan B like, no. Cause you know, get, get the guys that, and I mean, some, some will play it both ways. They're like, well, I'm going to school. So, you know, you get education and it's like, well, that, you know, if you're, if you're dead set ready to play pro ball and that's like the dream, that's your, that's what you want to do. You got to start taking that route immediately, and if that's the case, I respect yep. that man. You're ready to go. Like I, I got to go play pro ball, so I'm here too. You know what I'm saying? 
I mean, I changed my majors that year just so I didn't have to worry about school as much. Cool. Yeah, I feel that, bro. <laughs> That's, hey, respect, respect it, respect it. So, I was so all did, in. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. So how did – so how did the draft process go? Can you take me through that? How did that feel? Because that's that's something that, like, I mean, I think that it's something that's going to stick with you for a long time. That's an incredible accomplishment, achievement, something that's going to stick with you forever, right? I mean, that's getting a call to play Major League Base, or at least to play pro ball is, is something that, you know, people dream of happening, yeah. you know? So, how, so how my, did, how did my, my draft experience is a little bit different mm-hmm. than all the, the cliche stories you hear. If you see on the on the TV, I was I ended up getting drafted in the 16th round right. by the Tigers, and um, that was that's that's the third day of the draft. Uh-huh. I obviously knew I wasn't going the first day of the draft, so I didn't even worry about it. I was just so excited about that second day because that, that's whenever I had all my calls. I mean, I had yeah. probably six, seven teams tell mm-hmm. me that hey, what what do you want to go for in the second day? We want to get you in the second day. Because mm-hmm. the biggest the biggest stat that I had that was going for me with the past two seasons I played was my strikeout per nine. Yeah. My strikeout per nine was the best scout stat, the stat I had. Yeah. So the second day comes, and I'm working a baseball camp, actually, at Katie, in Katy with my old high school <laughs> coach. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having to walk away all the time from drills and stuff and at, talking to scouts. and They keep saying, hey, we got you in this round. Then they call me back to, hey, something else popped up. We're before you. We have, we're gonna get you on the next one. I mean, it happens the whole time. Yeah. And uh, I remember going home that night, and just so pissed off because that didn't happen the second day. I mean, I was, yeah, I was I so imagine. mad. I couldn't couldn't believe what was going on because it it, it would have been it wouldn't been as bad, you know, if um if I didn't if I didn't keep getting built up that whole second day that I was gonna get drafted in the in the sixth round in the eighth round, you know, like. Yeah. The, the, the constant let let down, you know, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. It was, like, it was just miserable. Over and over and over. I can imagine. Yeah. So then, yeah, the next day I go out there, and um, one thing about being a baseball player that you have to have for any of the kids listening to this is if you if you have any struggles with flushing history, you, that, that's the one skill I would tell you to worry about or work on every day is being able to, to screw up or something bad happen to you with all aspects of life. And just be able to wake up the next day and, and move on. You don't yeah. let it don't let it wear on you because in baseball, if you let yesterday's game wear on you, today's game you're gonna be miserable. They should be mad, right? So I yeah. show up the next day, and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we're working this camp, and I'm not even looking at my phone today. Like I had like three or four calls on my phone. I was like, dude, if they're gonna draft me, they're gonna draft me. I don't care. At this yeah, point. At this point, yeah, and. Um, yeah, sure enough, the whole camp went through. And you know the third day of the draft goes, I mean, they fly through picks. I mean, it's every second. There's yeah. no there's no buildup or nothing. Yeah, they and just put, the they camp just put ended, people on the board. Oh, yeah. The camp ended around noon, and I get in my truck, and my phone starts blowing up with messages. I mean, it just blows up. Yeah. I had, uh, the, guy that, the, the guy that signed me never called me, never asked me. He saw me pitch one time. What? He saw me pitch one time at Lamar. And I pitched wow. against uh, Corpus Christi, and I threw a nine-inning, uh, two runs. I threw the full game, nine wow. innings. That was the only game, and I topped out 97 that day. That was the only game I ever saw me pitch. And he, he was one of the guys that called me. He was going to draft me in eighth and tenth round the day before. And then, yeah, he asked me that morning on, on Sunday. He said, hey, man, we're going to draft you 
whatever whatever your name can get thrown in there, we're going to pick you up. I said, all right. It was him, the Marlins, and the Diamondbacks that sent the same message to me. Whenever your name pops up on our list, we're going to pick you up. And they, they all sent me the max. And the max in the third day was one, I think it was 125 or 150. I can't remember what it was. Mm. But like I said, man, the money wasn't, wasn't why oh, I wanted yeah, to get professional yeah. baseball, you know, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's it, you know, at this point. And yeah, um, I, mean, I think that that's, I mean, even, I mean, at that point, it isn't even about the money. It's like, I want to play. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. Think that, Whenever the third day comes, I mean, I, it's baseball. I want to, I, wanna I mean, there's people, there's people that make it in the third day. Actually, in my draft class alone, um, off the top of my head, I might miss a couple guys, uh, maybe. But Will Vest made the big leagues, and he was a 12th rounder. And Drew Carlton made the big leagues. Drew Carlton actually made the big leagues first of anybody in my draft class. He was the 31st round pick. Wow. Like that, yeah. He was the first guy to make it to the big leagues. That's, that's kind of one of those things, man. I feel like, like it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter what round you go in. Everyone, I mean, I know that's how, like, you know, you, you sit back and you look at all the minor league stuff, and it's tough and it's hard. And that's, that's probably more of a grind than a lot of people have ever been in from what I've seen, from what I've heard. But if it's there, bro, you got the talent and you work on it and you work and you work, you can get there. I mean, there's no, oh, yeah. there's no way. I mean, the stats show for themselves, bro. Ball doesn't lie. You know what I'm saying? And Drew Carlton was a he, – he still plays for Tigers. He's a reliever for the Tigers, and he throws one of the tightest cutters I've ever seen in my life <laughs> at about 90 to 92 miles an hour. Whew. And he dominates. That's filth. Dominates. Dude. That's absolute filth. Yep. But, but still, man, hey, you still got you got the call, you got drafted. So, so how, so you know, did y'all have a sell? Did y'all celebrate or anything like that? I'm mean, that's still an accomplishment. 16th round. Oh yeah, dude. Late. Whenever I, I obviously was driving back from the field. Whenever I knew that I got drafted. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget it. Driving down the street that I grew up on, seeing my dad in the drive or not the driveway. He was actually in the road, like in the street <laughs> that we lived on. Yeah. Crying, yeah. crying, so happy. Everybody yeah. was pumped. It was it was fun, man. But uh, that that excitement, the excitement was built up for a long time, and I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest too. When you get, when you get that call and you know you're going, it's pretty quick turnover. Like they they get you out there pretty fast. I mean, I was on yeah. a plane, I was on a plane like three days going to Tampa. Oh wow, is that fast? That's, that's quick. Dang, I know King. Yeah. So so King told me when he got, which is you know, it's funny that you say that that the guy that that picked you up, he only saw you pitch one time. I think King, King told me that, and I'll have to go back and check the podcast because I've talked to quite a few people at, at like Glenn sometimes, but he was like, well, the, the Rangers didn't even call me. They didn't say anything, and they picked him in the 10th. And I was like, that's that's kind of weird. Like, I guess guys are just watching you without even, like, saying anything to you or even talking to you or conversing or talking like that. It's kind of strange how they how they run that business. But <clears throat> that's what he said. He was like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't call me. They didn't had no talks to them at all, and then they took me in the 10th. And I was like – that's how it goes. Like, but you just solidified it. I guess that's how it goes, man. They're not going to oh, yeah. do what they do. The only guys that you get to, like the stereotypical draft day things. Yeah. The only guys that experience that way are probably the top four, top three picks each team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the top four rounds. Those are the guys that like the guys with big money tied to them are the dudes yeah, that uh, yeah. that get to experience the the draft the whole, process like, yeah, that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just – but the funny thing was, like, I thought they'd at least call you guys, like, to let you know. But, like, even, like, you said the same thing. You just you just knew they didn't they didn't call you or anything. They just happened, right? They just popped up on the board. 
That was yep. the same with King. I'm like not I'm not 100% sure, but I'm like 95% sure that's the same way it went for Jose because we talked to Jose Trevino. We were pretty tight over here. Um, and I was like, damn, that's like, and just from like me outside, obviously I'm a, like, I never came sniffed anything like that. So I didn't really know how the process goes, but I'm kind of like, I thought they'd call you guys and like, you know, like, Hey, we're going to do this, but no, it's just like, you just watch the boards and see where, you, see where you pop up, I guess. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure King had calls from other teams throughout the draft saying yeah. just like what, what, what happens or what I experienced happened was I, you would, I got the Diamondbacks, they would call me and they'd say, Hey, we got you in the sixth round for $200,000. Is that enough? Yeah. And then I say, yes. They go, okay, sounds good. And then they tell their, they tell the next guy, hey, Carson said he's good for this number in this round. And then okay. whether or not that happens, you know, it might be you versus another guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a little competition there too where, yeah. I mean, like uh, my second round pick, um, second round in my draft class is like $1.2 million. And he, he, ended up sign, he ended up signing for eight eight hundred some thousand because mm-hmm. he was a junior college kid. The yeah. thing is, though, like, what what if uh, what if the Detroit called me saying, "Hey, we want to pick you up in the second round. What's your number?" And I say, "Well, the slot's one point two million." Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I want yeah. one point two million. Well, they're always going to take the other guy underneath me because he's going to ask right. for four hundred thousand less. Yeah, I, I forget that. Like, yeah, each, each slot has a perceived value, right? How much it's worth, and I guess, yeah. I, but I guess it never actually makes that amount. I mean, I guess that's the. I mean, it's just it's right? a competition thing, and then obviously they want to have money in certain rounds for certain people. Yeah, they're, so like, they're allocating that's why money. that's why you'll have a you'll have a fifth rounder sometimes signed for ten grand because they want to sign somebody in the sixth round for a million. That's nuts, dude. I didn't realize. See that, and that's something that, like, I guess you know, I haven't heard. I haven't seen that deep into how that process goes. But that's incredibly like, it's all down to the dollar, bro. That's wild. Oh yeah, talent. Talent is number one. If you have the talent to sign for that money, they're gonna pay yeah. it. But if if you're just a guy that they can find a hundred of, because as as cool as it sounds, being six five, throwing ninety five, these days yeah. there's hundreds of six fives throwing 95s you know yeah, yeah it's kind of different of yeah man that's and that's kind of how the game evolved but that you know it's oh, yeah. part of the game part of the game yep i mean that's like i forgot i was talking to a coach the other day and he was like yeah you know like if you look back 10 years ago it was like 90 to 93 was like the 97 to 99 now it's like how yep. much the game has evolved it's like now now you have to throw like if you're throwing 88 to 91 now it's like you're below average at this point. Like you're no longer like seen as elite. That's below average. Like you need to be throwing mid to high, mid to low, at least mid to high 90s. That's, that's an elite fastball with at least two to three other plus pitches or you're not going to make it. Exactly. Really, I mean, you, you, you nailed it. I mean, the only guy, yeah. the only guy I can think of is Hendricks in the big league doing that. But he also <laughs> has probably the best changeup in the game. Oh, yeah. And he's got two other pitches that he can throw a penny at and hit it in the air. You know, I mean, so I mean, when you, yeah. when you can, when you don't have the velocity, there's other ways to be a dominant pitcher. Obviously, there's there's yeah. plenty of ways to be dominant. You just gotta figure out what your niche is and get after it. You know. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, there's but then again, there's only a the few that can make that work that can throw the 88 to 90, top 91, and mostly if they're not a lefty, if it's a righty, they've got some sort of like plus plus pitch that makes them yep. effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so take us through. So you get drafted. Obviously, you said you were out in three days. So you go out to Florida. You said Tampa, right? Uh, yeah, I flew into Tampa. We were in Lakeland, so right between Tampa and Orlando. 
Okay, and that was uh, Ricky Ball. Uh, that's where our that's where the spring training place is and stuff like that. Yeah, that's where everybody goes for signings and. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's our that's our headquarters. I would say Detroit's headquarters in Lakeland. Cool, cool. So how so how did that go? What was that initial feeling? Were there nerves or, or how, how did you feel going into that process? Man, it was nuts uh, showing up there, and you know you got a locker with a big league jersey in it yeah. with your last name on it. That's nuts. It's it's pretty crazy. And uh, they're just showing you around. And uh, I mean, I love Detroit for giving me the opportunity they gave me. But man, I'll tell you right now, the worst thing, the, the biggest gut punch I had in my life was whenever I signed, uh-huh. they gave you a hat to, to wear <laughs> while you're signing, you know? Yeah. And the hat that they had was a Velcro back New Era. What? I swear. Velcro back New Era. And I was like, you know what? It's for the picture, whatever. I'll do it. And I took, I put it on, signed it, didn't think anything of it, right? Next day I show up for physicals. They run you through physicals. And then once you're done physicals, they sh- they they give you your locker. Yeah. And you get your locker and you have all your stuff in there and everything like that. Well, I look up the hats, and they gave me two Velcro back Detroit hats. I mean, if you ask anybody that plays or that played the years I played, so they they got rid of the Velcro backs in '19. So anybody yeah. that was in the Florida league. Uh, from 2000, whatever to 19, mm-hmm. ask them about it. And I'll tell you right now, they will think it, they'll, they'll say I 100% remember it. It was the laughing stock of the, of the whole league. I mean, dude, we got made fun of, man. It was that bad. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, spring training too. At spring training, you had a Velcro back Detroit hat. It was brutal, man. It was brutal. What? What, what was the reasoning for that? Dude, they they said that uh, you had to earn the hat. You know, you had the new era hat and the only way that you could have it is if you were one, a big leaguer or two, you were playing the big league game. But if you were, if you weren't a big leaguer, you had to wear the Velcro hat in spring training, regardless if you were going to the big league game and playing in spring training. Yeah, dude, that that hat, man, I looked at it. I'm like, this is a joke, right? Like, am I getting punked right now? (laughs) (laughs) Is there cameras set up somewhere? Dude, no, that's, that would be... I'd be a little bit pissed. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'd be pretty. Oh yeah, dude. You're just you know you finally sign with a big league team. They're gonna hand you a Velcro hat. Like this is tough. And okay, so was it only the Tigers that did that, or was that? A, um, a actually, I believe I believe the Phillies might have too. I I could be completely wrong, but I think the Phillies did too. But they I got rid of they got rid of them before I got there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I think that that might be a little bit. That's too much, man. Like you're you're a professional baseball player. Give me a real damn hat. Come on now. I mean, honestly, yeah. Come on, I, mean, I agree. That's, that's ridiculous. So, <laughs> so, so you go out. You're wearing a Velcro hat, apparently, and you pitch. So, how did how did that first? So, you weren't injured or anything. So, you went straight out. So, did they have you guys like alternating innings, almost like the JUCO route, where like you get two, or was there designated guys they had as starters and you kind of float with it, or was it like everyone's getting two, 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 or something like that? So yeah. Um... That first when you, when you first get there, they have a thing called short season A ball, right? Which right. is like advanced rookie ball, and then you have okay. your your GCL teams is what I was what we had in Arizona right. AZL, which yeah. is just plain rookie ball. That's what everybody knows is rookie ball. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you throw bullpens. Everybody knows if you're a starter or reliever, and you also have your own assignments depending on what you did in the season. So I w- I was right. at Lamar and I had. I can't remember the number. Let's just say I had 90 innings or whatever it was, you know. 
right. they have me slotted for 90 innings, and they don't want to, they don't want me to throw 200 innings for a whole year. Right. Yeah. So me and the, and the six rounder named Brad Bass from Notre Dame, uh, him and I were both starters, and they sent us up to short season A ball. We piggybacked every okay. game, so he would go three and I would go three, just to okay. keep our pitch count for the year down. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, so that and that that short A ball. How, how so I know y'all. So you probably find that it was June, right? You get drafted in June. You say you leave three days later. How long does that short ball season go through July or August, or is it longer than that? Yeah, so a short season A ball throughout the rest of the season. It's a half season. Okay. So it's pretty much like a summer league baseball for college, like college summer league stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So, and how did, yeah. how did that go for you? Was that was was the talent? that much better so did you see a big difference in the talent from where you're playing because you're playing d1 obviously you're, you're in southland it's it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a lower conference but you're still seeing the big guys there's still talent in there there's, there's no doubting that right oh yeah was there a big jump from going out and pitching you know against let's say you're pitching against corpus and all these guys and then hopping into pro ball and you're playing against probably dominicans and all these guys that are, that are yeah. just monsters was there a big talent yeah, difference? Was- did, you, did you change anything in your style pitching or anything like that no, not really. My first summer, actually, I had probably the best the best pitching I've ever done in my life was that first summer professional baseball. That was probably the best I've ever done in my life, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't talent. I would say between professional baseball and the Southland that I noticed more than approaches. Um, hitting hitting and professional baseball, especially the higher up you go, because like if you want to skip ahead to now. I mean, like, the, the approaches that people have in the plate that I face now are so much more advanced than what the 22-year-old does at Corpus Christi, Yeah, you know? Like, they don't, they don't, they don't, you don't look at their mouths and, like, spit coming out of their mouth when it's 3-1 because they know the fastball's coming, Yeah, you know? Like, those guys nowadays, like, if they get the 3-1 count and I'm throwing a fastball, like I'm, I'm trying to either dot it or I'm just gassing it up, and it's like if they miss it, they miss it if I if I throw a ball I walk like you know it's just different yeah. it's the mentality thing I think is the biggest difference not necessarily talent because gotcha. I still to this day McNeese State in 2017 was the hardest one through nine lineup I've ever faced ever wow well, I mean, they McNeese were, is no, no slack they're pretty solid McNeese is they were team. they were the best one through nine lineup I've ever had to face I mean yeah. it was it was ten to twelve pitch at bats every time just tough outs all the way through. <laughs> tough all the way through and they'll steal every bag they'll bunt from first to third i mean they, they're tough lineup so i, I don't want to say the talent is what makes it different i think it's more of approach yeah because in pro ball obviously the the especially the minor leagues as a hitter you want to make the big leagues the only way to make the big leagues is doubles and home runs yeah, that's what they look for yeah. and you got home runs and if you can't do one of those two things you got to steal a bunch of bases and you got to be an unbelievable defender yeah. That's how you make the big leagues, you know. So, yeah. as a pitcher, it's a lot. It's honestly easier because you get a lot more swings that probably shouldn't have been swung at, or in a style just, like they, they were going for a fence. They're going for a fence on an O2 count, you know. Like you didn't yeah. get that McNeese, you know. Yeah, it's different. Is it? Yeah, I, I think that's that. That makes more sense. Obviously, it's the plate discipline, the way that there's what pitches they're choosing to swing at, all that, and that that. Yeah. That makes it tough on a pitcher. I mean, I think that that's like the hardest thing to do is throw to these guys when you know they have the most advanced play discipline, play approach, you know, pitch selection out there. It's like, shit, what am I gonna throw to these guys? I'd, I'd be I, that would make me nervous now, and I'm I'm nowhere near of the level that you were at. <laughs> like, shit, what am I supposed oh to yeah, it's now? a it's a mind game every every time. But oh yeah, 
at, at this level, though, dude, it's it's gotten to the point where hitters and pitchers look at each other, and when they step in the box, you step on the rubber, it's like war is what it is. Yeah. It's who's the bigger man. And it's just the, the mindset that you have yeah. when it goes through it, it's unbelievable. I guess, that's I the addiction it. I have is that mindset. I believe it. So, so you finished your so you finished your first year, your short ball. What? So then you take? Did you go to spring training the year after that short ball finishes? Yep, I went to spring training the next year. Okay. Um, excited, ready to go, and I did not make the roster opening up uh, going into that first full season in oh. Low A. Okay. Did not make it, so I was in extended spring training and. You know, just like uh, just like a junior college. I mean, there's nothing I haven't done before. You know, it's just competition, and I yeah, you're just playing. Yeah, it's just that's the way it goes. You know, and it's yeah. just either either you sit there and pout about it, or you start you buckle down, and you go after it. You know, and yeah. My whole my whole stint at Detroit, I really didn't have that great of a, of a career, I guess you could say. I mean, I had a lot of walks essentially. What my yeah. biggest thing. I mean, I'd come out of seasons with thirty to forty walks, and that you just you just can't do yeah, that, you know. Happen, yeah. I mean, obviously, I had some rough times where they were sending me all over the place. Like in 2019, I went 64 days straight with no off days, just because I was yeah. getting moved from one team to another team to the next team to this team to this team. And it's just, I mean, obviously, you can think of excuses of why it didn't happen, but yeah, just major more stories. I, I just walked to me guys those first two yeah. years. Damn, they had you going for 64 days. Is that like, I guess, when, when you count off days, that mean you were, like not travel? Off days are just like your days where you just don't, you don't have a game. Like that was 64 days in a row, I went to a baseball game that day. How did that, so how, how did that, did that take a toll on you at all? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Dude, you're, I mean, it's just every time you get on that bus Gosh. and you yeah, look you at it, you're staring at a 14 hour bus ride or something <clears throat> right in the mouth. I mean, it's just, talk about a toll that's an understatement of what you go through with that <laughs> i can't even i can't even imagine it. that's that's rough but it's so, part of it you know it's yeah, the way I mean, it goes yeah. and yeah. you gotta you gotta try to trick yourself into enjoying it you find other things you can do i mean guys play cards all the time on those bus rides you get yeah, netflix yeah. shows i mean i watched all of sons of anarchy this year <laughs> all my bus trips you know you, gotta, you just try to find yeah. things to get your brain off of it you know yeah the traveling man that's that's tough i can't you know, I, I can't, I can't imagine. That's that's right, and it's bus. You're not playing, bro. You're not, you're not flying. You're you're riding in a bus. Oh yeah. Jeez. So so I know. So you said you had two years in Detroit, right? So then, what what happened after that two years and and transitioned into where you're playing at now? Yeah. So um, I was drafted in seventeen, played that, and I played eighteen, nineteen. So I had two and a half seasons under my belt there, and I came for spring training in twenty twenty. Obviously, yeah, everybody knows what yeah, happened yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, and then I go home. I get sent home, and I threw one bullpen in that spring training. And, yeah. I mean, it was probably one of the most lights-out bullpen I've ever had in my life. I just, I'll never forget it. It was yeah. one of those days – I mean, you can – you can, you know this feeling, too, because you were a pitcher. Yeah. But, like, you know those days where it looks like – or it feels like your hand is just, like, going out there, and you're just, like, putting the ball in the glove. Yeah, where you want it to go. Like, with all your pitches, you know, you're just, like, putting it there. It's yeah. easy, you know? That was one. That was that bullpen. I was like, dude, that was. I'm. This is gonna be the year because I trained really hard that off season. I, I had my goal yeah. set that location was gonna be over over velocity. Yeah. And uh, and that first bullpen, I, it felt like all my work paid off. You know, I was I was pretty yeah. excited about the season. And then yeah, me and a few other guys were playing golf after spring training workouts, and we get a call saying come back to the field. 
And we were like jokingly about it, like, man, this our our, our head guy's name was Dave Littlefield. We were all joking around to say, hey, Littlefield better top us for that golf round we got we had to pay for. Like just joking around, you know. Well, then yeah, we get yeah, there. Yeah. He tells us the news that there's a pandemic. We gotta go home before the planes get shut down. We're like, what the heck? Like, we were all just kind of looking around, like, dang. He's like, it's only gonna be for two weeks, and then we're gonna send everybody yeah. back. We're gonna resume as normal. <laughs> so we're like, all right, whatever. Oh, well, obviously, the two weeks didn't happen, you know. Yeah. And I'm bored as all get out because all I'm doing is throwing bullpens once every four days, and I got nothing yeah. else going on. I'm still getting paid from Detroit at the time too. They're they're paying us. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm getting paid, but I just couldn't do it. So I, I went up, found a job. I started doing landscaping. Okay. And I was doing landscape work while all that was going down. Well, in uh, July, so we got we got let go home in March, and I went all through March, April, May. Oh no, it was June. It was in June whenever I got a call that they released me. That was wow. that was when everybody started getting released from COVID because they were cutting everything in half, you know, like yeah. all the teams and stuff. Yeah. There was uh, 82 guys, I believe the number was, and that one day from Detroit they got released. Dang, dude, that's dude, that, that's crazy, dude. Like I can't. I talked to I talked to a couple big leaders and I've talked to a couple minor league guys, and like that was that whole COVID thing really screwed a lot of people. I mean, obviously it screwed oh, up a lot more than just baseball. I mean, oh, a lot yeah. of stuff happened, I mean, but changed. I mean, like. It changed in OB baseball. It did. It did. That's yeah. because there was no minor league team that year. If I'm not mistaken, right? No, there wasn't. No. Dang, dude. I mean, I, I can yeah. tell you, I, I know that feeling. I remember, like, when all that happened, I remember because obviously we, we work in a baseball um, company. So, you know, we, we were pretty much keeping our ear to everything that was happening. And I remember, like, obviously it's not to the extent of that. And I was lucky enough to not get let go. But my roommate, my buddy at the time, I remember we were actually, like, things had kind of shut down. They had already sent us home from our offices. And, you know, I remember, like, they were like, hey, we actually went to the gym. I remember we, we went to the gym. It was me and my roommate at the time. And we were like, we are about, we were about to start working out. Same concept you all are about, y'all are playing golf. We, were, we, like, literally got there, just took our pre-workout. And our, my, our boss says, hey, we're having an emergency call in, in 30 minutes. So, like, be on. And we were like, oh, shit. And then, yeah, from there, they were like, they released, I think, for the company, they let go, like, 90% of our employees. It was, yeah. it was freaky, man. It was, it's a weird time. And, of course, like, it was weird because I didn't get let go when my, my buddy did. And it was super, it was weird. It was, like, depressing. It was sad. So, I can't, and, like, for you guys, I mean, it's worth, like, that's your livelihood. That's, like, your dream, bro. Like, that's tough. That's a hard thing yep, to go through for anybody. Just like that, poof. Yeah, it's just and and it feels at the time it feels super cutthroat. It feels like they didn't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like they, yep. it's just like no, it, was, it was 16 seconds was the phone call, bro. That's yep. I was on the phone for 16 seconds. That was it. What did they do? Was it just like hey, we're gonna let you go? All right, bye. <laughs> I mean, it's, no. I mean, yeah, but dragged that out for 16 seconds, and they hung up the phone too on me. What I just the sat hell? there. Yeah, I was yeah. I was uh, cleaning the bathroom whenever I was. I was literally in the bathtub, cleaning the toilet, like the bathtub of the bathroom. And yeah, I had the phone out. I just sat there in that bathroom, just looking at the wall, essentially, like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. So, so kind of passing through that, I mean, like, obviously that changed the, the game for everybody. I mean, everyone that was involved in, in Major League Baseball. I remember, you know, King was telling me about it. I was like, yeah, the, oh, they said two, two weeks. Like, you just said the same thing two weeks, we'll be back. And they didn't, and that's like, damn, dude. Like, so, so, let's say, so that happened, and, and obviously you're still playing ball. So, how did, how did you transform to that? Was it like, I'm, I'm not gonna like let this go. I'm gonna keep pushing. Like, there's got to be somewhere for me to play. Like that kind of deal. Like, did you go out there and did you find another place to play? Had that, had that whole process so, go. 
so I was doing the landscape stuff before I released, and uh, right. so I kept doing that, and I just wasn't happy, man. You know, I just I feel it. I believe it. I wasn't happy, and and uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the guys I worked with. I enjoyed the work. I learned a lot of stuff that I, I still do for family and friends today. Yeah, yeah. But I just I wasn't ready to be done. If that if you know what I mean, I wasn't yeah, ready for baseball to be over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was still competing at a high level. I, I knew I could do it, and mm-hmm. I just didn't love it. So I went out, and uh, I asked a friend um, named Rusty Pendergrass is his name. Yeah. Him and Jake Salinas, they're both scouts for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. And I asked them, I said, hey, what should I do? And uh, both of them said, you need to get an agent. That would be your best way to get back into baseball. Yeah. And J.R. Salinas gave me a name, and uh, he gave me Billy Martin Jr., Billy Martin, the the manager for the New York Yankees forever, his okay. son, and uh, I talked to Billy Martin, and he said, "Well, this is what I can do." And about a month later, I was bowing a yard. And he calls me out of nowhere and says, "Hey, I got a team for you. You want to play?" And I said, yeah. "Yes." He said, well, "Do you want to know how much they're going to pay you?" I said, "Nope. Just put me on the line. That's all I care. Just give me the contract. <laughs> I'm signing." And yeah, wow. that day I stopped, I stopped bowing yards and I. Uh, I locked back in on training and get back after it. It was, it was that fast. Wow. And that, so that process, so that process didn't last very long. You was just like, I got you a contract. You ready to go? And you were like, hell yeah, I'm ready to go. I mean, it was, uh, it was, um, cause I, I talked to, I met Billy Martin at a bubble wild wings one night oh. and talked to him about everything and pretty much doing what I'm doing right now on the podcast. Just told him the whole story and yeah. he looked at my numbers and obviously saw the walks would be tough and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, and it was it was probably two to three months I'd say since that Buffalo Wings was just like no talk with them, nothing, and uh, yeah, then bang out of the blue he just called me and I and I was literally mowing a yard. I was in the backyard of somebody's house mowing for him, yeah. and uh, boom, just like that I'm back in it, you know. Yeah, and who was that contractor? The Lincoln Salt Dogs. Okay. And the American and Association. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm sure, like I said, like I know a couple guys that still play indie ball. Is it indie ball or is it is it affiliate? Yeah, it's it's independent. Okay, yeah. So I know a couple guys. Like I got a, you know, I play men's league on Sundays just to play around. You know, I do that. And I got some guys that, a couple guys that go out there and pitch. Like catch. I'm just like a catcher. I can't throw for shit anymore. My arms pretty much blown <laughs> at this point. Um, so I, you know, I'll go out there and catch some dudes. So, but we got a couple guys that can chunk, man. That play indie ball. They'll play in the fall with us, and then they'll take off in the spring. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's no slack either, bro. There's some guys that can ball out there. I mean, I've, I've um, seen them. I've the seen American them. the American Association is is probably the best the best talent all around when it comes to independent league baseball. I was uh, I was shocked whenever I first got there. I mean, like the, this past season, I could throw some names out there: Matt Adams, Pete Cosma. I pitched oh, wow. against both of them. I mean, that's, that's really? 17 years or 16 years of big league, big league play between the two of them. Jeez. The beginning yeah. of the season uh, last year in the in the American Association, it was a Triple A level baseball. Really? Yep. That's how wow. that's how serious. I mean, it's you're not facing slaps in indie ball anymore. That place, it, but it's all because of COVID. Yeah. It's all because it, it's of COVID. All, it's all minor league guys. Yeah. It's all minor yep. league it's all it's all the guys that were just like me. They got released during COVID. And, uh, I mean, you got guys – you have so many teams just full of AAA and AA guys. I mean, full of AAA and yeah. AA guys. If, so you, if like, you ever have the time or you're bored, just look at a team called the Kansas City Monarchs. 
Okay. They have, I mean, like, they, they, they might have a double-A guy on that team. And I have to face them six times a season. <laughs> so that's well, a actually, tough no, 12 to times, six at home and six away. So 12 games, I have to face them, and, and they, they might have one guy that played double-A baseball, maybe. The rest yeah. of them are big leaguers and triple-A guys. <laughs> Bro, that's tough. But, I mean, that's what you want, right? That's what you're looking for. Oh, yeah, dude. I, there was, I didn't have more fun this season than looking up in the box and seeing that that guy up there, Yo. you still there? Yeah, yeah, you're here. You broke up though, so you're looking up. See what you see? Yeah. You're seeing all big league dudes. Yeah, so, I mean, there's not there's no more fun than looking up there and seeing Matt Adams or I faced uh, Guerrero's nephew for the past yeah. two seasons. Wow. His name was Gabby Guerrero. That guy too, by the way, he is just like Vladdy, Vladdy and Vladdy Jr. Just I mean, the same kid. body type. And uh, you just you, there's no way that you can beat them with their hands. You just can't. Their hands are that good. They're too fast. Yeah, they're too they're quick. Just, they're always there. And for some reason, he just finds the middle of the bat all the time. You know, <laughs> but like just the names, yeah. the names that I face that have two to three years of big league time that nobody knows. I mean, yeah. There's guys in our league like that all everywhere. I mean, we have three or four on our team every year. We had Buddy Bauman, one of the best pitchers I've ever seen in my life. He was on my team this year. Oh, he was unbelievable. He only had like three years of big league time. He was a lefty at through like ninety four to ninety six. He was unbelievable. That's just man. That's like something that I've seen. You know, I talked to you know talking to King and and you know, I talked to Jose quite a bit. And we've got a couple other guys we've had on here. Is like, <clears throat> excuse me. So, like the talent level and like the sheer like almost like not not luck. It's not luck. It's like how you have to show out at certain spots at the right time at the right thing to make it to the big leagues. And then even in the big league, like the the margin for error, like you you watch games, like and I'm you know talking to these guys, I watch baseball a lot differently now. I kind of check like certain people's like not mechanics, like their their personas, the way they they carry themselves. It's weird because like everything's so like the margin for error in professional baseball I've seen, and like it's so small because everyone is that good, dude. Like it's no, it's insane. tiny. It's insane. Tiny. I'm like. And that's something that I think I took for granted. Like, obviously, I didn't think – like, obviously, me as a, as a kid and, like, in junior college, like, oh, like, the dream is to play pro ball. I don't think I ever had it. Like, I saw you and King and all these guys. I'm like, yeah, these guys got it. I was like, I'm not really there. But, like, you see it and you're like, oh, my – like, some of these guys, like, I thought, you know, coming from a small school – like, I came from – like, you came from Katy. That's a that's a powerhouse. It's a huge public school. You know, coming from, like – where I came from a small private school in, like, San Antonio, which is, yeah, a big city. And, like, you see a couple guys here and there. You play against some guys that, yeah, end up going playing pro ball. But, like – you show up to like Angelina College, you know, and you're like, the game is so much bigger than you would yeah. have ever like thought it would possibly be. And like the, like the sheer talent that some of these guys have, like you and King, and like seeing those guys at McLennan, and like even like going to St. Mary's, you see a couple guys here and there that are they're solid. Like I think like there are some dudes that like through '96 and they just pop out of nowhere, and you're like, dude, this is insane. Like it's it's ridiculous. And like even that like now looking past like minor league ball, like now you're playing indie ball, and the talent is even there. And it's like the game is growing so much. It's it's nuts, dude. It's insane. Yeah. COVID, COVID, it, it it blew up independent baseball. It did. Yeah. It exploded it because, I mean, you could you can go to just your everyday night game in Milwaukee and watch the Milwaukee Milkmen play the Chicago Dogs. Yeah. And you'll 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 watch six big leaguers in that field. <laughs> you you will literally have six big leaguers on that field in Milwaukee. You know. Yeah. That's nuts, dude. So, 
So, so tell me this. So, so now you're playing indie ball, obviously. So what? So now you're in the off season. When when do you guys really like report? You know, what what do you what's the what's the season like for you guys? What's an off season like for for indie ball? What, what's that like? So the season itself is is just like any other professional baseball. It's okay. it's a, but it's shorter. So yeah. our season yeah. is long. So big league is one sixty two or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Minor league is one forty something. It's a little bit shorter, but not a lot. And then independently, the American Association, I can only speak on alone, is 100 games. So you got 100 okay. games. Um, and it's just um, – yeah, yeah, it's still – I mean, 100 games in like 115 days. I mean, you don't have that many off days, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you and love the travel, it, you travel is miserable. <laughs> Especially if you played for yeah. the team in Cleburne and you play for the team in, in Winnipeg, Canada. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't imagine. imagine that travel. <laughs> so is that, so you playing, you know, you're playing for that, for that team. Um, is that like the best, was that the best fit for you? Was there like a spot for you or did that, is that kind of like, how did that, I guess, did he, did he like elaborate on why that was a spot for you or anything like that? Or was like that took that team over another one in that league or anything like that? Yeah. So um, Billy had a friend that, that took that job. I, I forget his first name, but I know his last name is Frisbee. Okay. I think his first name was James Frisbee. I think that's what it was. Okay. Um, he was the new head coach at that at that team, or the manager, I should say. And mm-hmm. about I don't know, maybe four to five weeks before season starts, um, the dude got a job to be a big league batting practice pitcher with the with the Tigers, with the wow. Detroit Tigers. You know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I, I get a call from him out of the blue, and I'm like, dude, did I should get released before I showed up. <laughs> you know, like that's what I was yeah. thinking. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm just letting you know that I got another job. I won't be the manager this year. I'm sorry. I just wanted you to hear it from me and not from somebody else." And I was like, "Man, congratulations on the new job because being a big league uh, batting practice coach or pitcher, I'll tell everybody out there, you get paid a lot of money. Oh, I bet you get paid really well, especially yeah. if you got a Miguel Cabrera in the box. That guy gives you a pretty good cash tip at the end of the year. Let me tell you. I can, I can imagine. Oh yeah, I can imagine." Well, I mean, but hey, then, uh, yeah. but then the biggest blessing that ever happened to me happens, and I got I got Brett Jody, my manager now, and that guy has been an unbelievable manager. I've told him many times, even this year when I talked to him about about next year, um, right. I, I just told him straight up, like the only way I don't play for you is if I get signed in an affiliate again. That's the only way I don't play yeah. for you. I'm not going anywhere else. Like he he is the best manager I've ever played for ever. Well, hell, man, that's amazing. I mean, and you're playing with the guys that you love, bro. That that makes it even sweeter, dude. Oh yeah, and dude, I've met I've met so many. I mean, I have friends also the Salt Dogs team. Yeah. That I could I could honestly say they'll be lifetime friends. I believe it. Well, I mean, shit, y'all lifetime. are traveling and y'all are bleeding and grinding together, dude, on these bus rides for oh, 115 yeah. days a year. Y'all are gonna get close, man. You have to be. Oh yeah, you get real close. <laughs> a little too close sometimes. <laughs> so. So the goal now, so so you're playing indie ball. Is the ultimate goal obviously to make it back to the to the? I mean, obviously the goal is to make it to the big leagues, right? But is there? Do you have like a plan, like a process on on how you plan to get back to the to the big leagues? I know you said like this guy, your coach now, he's he's got quite a bit of connections. Is that is that kind of how the the it plays out? Do these guys, you know, you play well, you perform well, you stand out? Do they make recs to like minor league teams to sign you the contracts? How, how does that whole thing work? So this is this is the part of baseball that. I think you're going into more of opinions. Nobody, 
unless you get somebody that's in the recruiting process for affiliate baseball, that'd be the yeah. only word that I could I could honestly say I would take. Okay. Because I don't think anybody knows how it works. <laughs> Not anybody. One of those things I mean, like it's, it's, you never know. There's so many pieces involved. I mean, somebody. Yeah. I mean, essentially for me, somebody's got to get hurt or quit or retire or get yeah. released. I mean, something's got to happen for a job to be open first. Right. Okay. And then they have to not they they have to be able to say we don't have a guy to fill that spot. Like we just don't have that guy. Right. And then they go to the independent league and they look for, they look around for talent there. Oh, okay. So that's how it goes down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured. See, that, and that's kind of one of the things I thought. But like you see, like, and that's that's the cool thing is like that's why I like talking to the minor league guys. I like talking to, to the pro guys that we can't get is because, like, there's so many, like, you see the surface of the game and you see, like, all these trades. And, like, I remember, you know, I was talking to Jose because he almost became a – because he was with the Rangers for a while and then he went to New York. But King also almost went to New York as well in that in that trade for Gallo and all that stuff that happened. And I was t- we were talking, and, like, that what you just said fits because it's, like, for these trades that you see on TV, like these, block, these big blockbuster trades, like, you know, for the Sotos and, and, and for all this stuff, yeah. the judge and all this, you see all these signs, but all you see is, like, the end result, right? You don't see the millions of other people and the, and the minor league people that are affected and the guys that are moving here and there, the pieces. It's like a it's like a big grinding thing, bro. It's weird. But what you just said sums it up, dude. It's like for somebody to get there, there's the trickle effect, and it goes all the way through your club, and then it could also trickle into another club. It goes into another – it's it's nuts, dude. It's so crazy. It's I, I would hate to have that job. Because <laughs> be I bet you it's every player. day you have to look at the injury reports, the release reports. You got to look yeah. at everything. You got to know – if you work for the Yankees, you got to know what Toronto is doing every day. Oh, yeah. You have like, to. You have to know that kind of stuff. That's your job. You know, you, if, you, if you don't know it – you're you're lacking now, you know. Like you could be costing the Yankees some some dime out there that in, nobody yeah. knows about. Yeah, yeah, dude, I, I believe it. But that's, I mean, that that's the game, bro. That's the beauty, the beauty of the beast. But yep. but yeah, man. So you're you're still doing it, bro. You're still playing, man. That's where you are now. Is still, it's still a dream to people, bro. Like you're still doing it. Like that's, that's oh yeah, awesome. it's, it's a blast, man. And and nowadays uh, with 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 another effect that COVID had with the draft now. Yeah, it's it's horrible for players today. Yeah, because like I said, like Drew Carlton was a was a thirty first rounder that made the big leagues the first. He made the big leagues first. That, that's yeah. including the first ten picks, and right. he, he wouldn't have been drafted in today's world. Did they they shortened it? Yeah, is that what happened? They shortened it. It's no longer. Oh yeah, the draft. It's mega. Yeah, the draft is way shorter. <clears throat> I want to say that? it's like twenty something. See, I feel like that sucks, man. Like that, that's brutal. Like that now, it, now all the yeah. seniors that 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 don't get the opportunity anymore because they're still going to waste those picks. Right. Every every team's going to waste a pick on a high school kid in the in the last round, just so the high school kid knows that hey, we're interested in you for the next See. three years. You know. Yeah. Even though they know they're not going to take it, but the even though they pick, know the high school kid is not going to take it, yep, they're still going to do it. And, like, that spot right there could have been a senior guy that played at Sam Houston. You know, it could have been a yeah. senior left fielder at Sam Houston that could have gotten that opportunity, but now he just won't. Like, that opportunity yeah. gone. See, man, that sucks, dude. And that's, like, I mean, I think that even – I mean, I think that it's shortened in that, like, that, you know, how many rounds it got shorted. It's still hurting other guys. Like, there's still, like, you know, there's still the players who draft their, their kids, you know, that, that crap, the, the area, the 
you know, the cross checkers that draft their kids and do all that crap. And yep. like, with oh yeah, that's, that's another part of it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like really? Like, oh, yeah. like, and that's, but that's, that's part of the game. And I guess it's something that, I mean, the game's flawed. Obviously it's not, it's not perfect. Politics but... is in everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's part of the game, man. But like, you're still living it, bro. You're still out there, dude. Like that's, that's still, that's awesome, man. I'm going to have to tune in more stuff, but yeah, dude, like, but like, you know, kind of piggybacking on like what you said earlier, like the bombs and stuff. I was talking to Estrada because like, we both know Estrada was a stud. He was a monster. Like I'll, I'll tell him that to his face, even with all the yeah, shit. He was one of the best lockdown third basemen's ever had. Oh yeah. But so we had him here and I was like, I, and I had never asked him like, you know, he was in San Antonio. So we hung out all the time with, with some guys here and, and I went to games and stuff and, like what you said, I know you're a pitcher, but like what you said, you got to hit doubles and bombs. And I was like, what happened, man? Like, I, I asked him, like, you know, no draft. Like, because there's a couple guys there that were the same stature as him. Like, Brian Arias went to, went to UTSA and then playing with the with the Astros organization now. And I'm like, dude, what happened? He was like, dude, I, I just didn't hit home runs. I'm like, damn, dude. Like, but like, that's what they look for, dude. Like, and the, and the game is big, dude. Like, they want those big bombs. They want the double. They want the exciting part. Like, if you're a singles guy, I feel like you're not going to get it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, I mean, I oh, don't yeah. know. I mean, the I thing is that Chris Estrada, Estrada's the guy that gets screwed in the draft by all those political things. He was yep. the guy, like, he's the perfect person. He has all yeah. the tools. He's an unbelievable player. He, he has the baseball IQ. He had everything. Yep. But, but they probably that, picked yeah. five guys in that draft that they knew for a fact were not going to take it. They could have just given it to him, and they didn't. You know, right. And now the path is for for the Chris Estrada of the world. The path is to go to the Pecos League or yep. or something like that, where they go, they get into uh, indie ball for two three years, mm-hmm. and they have age on their side. That's the other right. benefit you have. Now yeah. now you get to compete with guys that are my age, twenty seven to to thirty five, with experience, and you're competing against them for two three years. I mean, the development you can have in those two three years is unbelievable. It's huge. Yeah. And then and then at the end of the day, you're you're still twenty four. You know, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, you played two seasons of double-A baseball, and you're only 24 years old. Yeah, that's, a, that's a hell of a piece to have in your resume, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not over if you don't get drafted, is what I'm trying to say, for, for yeah, guys today. Just because just independent baseball is so yeah. good now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe it. I've, like I said, I've seen guys, dude. We've got some guys that I know we got – like, this is – you know what's funny, dude, is like – so I told you we have that guy that plays Pecos League, but he'll come and play like the end of, I guess, like late summer, whenever y'all season ends, he'll come and pitch. And I remember my, you know, a guy that used to work here who runs the, 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 the men's league team out there. He's like, hey, I got this guy coming, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know much about Pecos League, but if you got a real pitcher to come out here and pitch, and I catch him, I'm like, well, right. This dude's throwing like 94, 95, dude. And I'm like, this is no joke. Like, this, is legit. Yep. this is legit. And of course, these men's league guys look like a, like, I've never swung a oh, baseball yeah. bat before. Oh yeah. But dude, like that's why I'm like I sit here and I'm like if 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 Carson's playing men's league or I'm sorry, if Carson's playing in indie ball, it can't be a joke. It can't be like it's, it's yeah, gotta be real out there, dude. You, nobody's clowning around out there. No, it's 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 real. You know who else is playing indie ball is uh, Daniel Lingua, dude. I I faced Daniel Lingua for the past two years. No way. Yeah, he plays for the Gary South Shore Railcats. Yeah, Railcats, yeah. So how Apparently he said he's. Oh, he didn't say. I mean, we looked it up the other day. He's played every position, dude. The dude balls. I believe dude it, man. Ball, I'm not gonna man. lie to you, man. The guy, the guy has had two unbelievable years too. I know. I've seen it. I was like, yeah. holy crap! The dude strokes, man. Like he he rakes, yeah. he fields. He's 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 a real deal. I gotta get him on, get him on here too, because he's one of those guys. Bro, like when you finished that prairie view, I was like, 
I was like, what is, like, okay, like maybe, I don't know, like he was training and training and training and training. And I was like, every day he was like, I'm training. I'm like, dang. And then he made, he's out there, dude. I'm like, dang, this dude is legit. He's a real deal. Like, he's the real, he's he, has, he has really good plate appearance or plate awareness. He that's does. his, I would say that's his best, his best quality is he has really good plate awareness. And he's a switch hitter. A yeah. very effective switch hitter. Yeah, that's insane. Well, we're approaching our time, Carson. So I appreciate you, man. You can stay on afterwards. You don't have to hang up right away. But I appreciate you coming on. Um, and you're playing for what team again? So we can let everybody know they can tune in, tune in and watch you this spring. What's the yeah, name? Yeah, the Lincoln the Salt Dogs. The Lincoln Salt Dogs. So anybody looking for Carson Lance pitches for the – you're a starter now? You're still a starter, yeah? Um, no, I'm actually an eighth and ninth inning guy now. Ooh, I'm a okay. set-up or closer. I love mm. it. Okay, I love the job I got I gotta ask. Did you just go out there and is it just like are you a guy that throws every night or are you kinda like an alternating night or is it kind of only in certain situations or are you pretty much closing or pitching? Man, that's another thing I love about Brett is he has so much feel for pitchers because he was a pitcher. Yeah. yeah. And uh if you go out one night you throw let's say twelve pitches. Yeah. And it's a three one ball game the next day, he comes down there like face to face, he'll come down there and ask you, Hey, are you good to go? They feel, yeah. and, and I mean, obviously, in those situations, I say yes every time. He put me in that yeah. ball game every time. I'll take That's the three-one ball games over the eight zeros any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, the eight zeros are nowhere near as, as exciting and, and like livening as a as a three-one game, oh, yeah. two-one or one-zero. Oh. Yep. But yeah, see, that's important, bro. That's important. I think, uh, you know, I was talking to King. I was asking because that's something I think of like, like now my arms in shambles. So I'm kind of like, Shh. you know, if they were like, hey, you got to throw every night, I'd be like, dude, I don't know if I can do it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, you know, like King was telling me, he's like, hey, like, like there can be strings, you know, little little tendons where you're throwing three, four nights in a row because he's a he's a oh, yeah. league guy. And I'm oh, like, yeah. dude, like that's insane. But like big league guys, that, you know, coaches, it's no longer like, hey, how do you feel? It's like we need you out here to do your job or like not. So that's important though. That guy actually takes the time to make sure that you're good. Like, you're not gonna, you know, overdo it, injure yourself or like anything like that. That's big, dude. That's huge. But how do you like it? How do you like how do you like being down in the in the latter innings? Oh, dude, I, I mean, I fell in love with it. Honestly, I accidentally kind of rolled into it because I got moved to the bullpen. Yeah my first year and uh, he just thought we needed help there and, and I was kind of like the fourth to fifth starter on that lineup so yeah he moved me there and then I eventually evolved into the setup guy that year and I they do that there's nothing I haven't nothing felt like that it. kind of rush that I've felt like that and I don't know how long and then also like you like King just said dude I can play three nights in a row I don't yeah. have to play every fifth day you know so if yeah, I have a bad true. outing if I have a bad outing I can pitch again tomorrow yeah you'll bounce back exactly See, I feel that so that's that's kind of one of the things, bro. It's like the starter is like the starter, you're the guy, you know, it feels good. But at the same time, it's like if you have a, if you have an outing, you're like, I gotta wait five days. Gotta exactly, wait five days. you got you got to sit on it for that long. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, it's kind of one of those things, but shit, man. Like anyway, so before we before we can wrap it up, man. Like anyway, Salt Dogs, Carson Lance, check him out this spring. Dude's a monster. He's a stud. Check him out. Um, but yeah, man. So like I said, don't you don't have to hang up right away. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it here in a second, but. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Bottom of the Ninth Podcast. Um, be sure to subscribe, like, follow. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, wherever you get your music or podcasts. We're on there. Be sure to check us out. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Stop recording.